I do. And please don't. Hey, everybody, it's Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, episode 461 Decorating Do's and Don'ts. This is going to be fun. And you know what? If you're listening to us and you have not subscribed yet, subscribe to the podcast. This way we'll show up right at your door or I should say right in your device, whether it be your phone or your iPad or your laptop, whatever you're listening to us on. We'll show up every Wednesday. You don't have to search and you won't miss out. And today's episode is sponsored by Acorn TV. You guys know we love Acorn TV. We'll tell you a little bit more about Acorn and some of the shows that we're enjoying right now later on the show, but it is the sponsor of the episode today. So we couldn't be doing what we do for you without wonderful sponsors like Acorn. So let's kick off your first do. Well, my do is something that I, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's just something, it's just that good. It's just that good. And the tip is to photograph your room. Uh, There's so many times people tell me that once they photograph their room, they notice something they didn't notice before, uh, but they see it in the picture. But, you know, when you're walking around in your room, your eye tends to, you know, if you have a, a pile of laundry in the corner of your room, like if I had that in my room, my brain would say, don't even look at that. Pretend it's not there. <laughs> and then I would probably forget about it until I took a picture and said, well, there it is. So you do notice things in a picture that you might not notice in real life. Uh, and also it's just kind of a different way of viewing it. You're, a picture is a little different than seeing it in person. So you'll be able to see some things uh, from particular angles, like as, as someone's walking in, you may experience the room a little differently because maybe you say, well, I normally sit in this chair, but a guest coming in is coming from the other angle. So it's something I really uh, feel like very strongly that it will be very helpful for. It is very enlightening about your rooms when you take photos. So I suggest that you take Anita's advice and do that. And you should mix patterns. Please do. Don't just sort of color block your accessories, whether it be pillows or other items. Mix it up a little bit. You could have a large pattern, a small pattern, then maybe something like a geometric or a stripe. So have some fun with it. It it gives a real layered sense to the room and it each of the patterns really sort of becomes better because it's juxtaposed to something else rather than just having maybe the pillows that came with the sofa or something like that. So I suggest that you play around with it, get swatches, learn to mix patterns well. We have some episodes on that that we could link uh, in the show notes to this show, but definitely experiment and mix up your patterns. And that's what makes the room so fun is mixing all those patterns. I love to have patterns in the room and not just solids. I think you're going to end up with a better look at the end of the day if you have those patterns in there and and mix a few different ones in. Another thing I wanted to say, because so many of us have this ideal place that we want our house to be and we're not there yet, to really enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, and not be so focused on it perfection and this end goal. You know, you may not ever get your house to this perfect place. And it's it's okay for me to say I'm not a perfectionist and I kind of try to enjoy every phase along the way, but I know some people really are perfectionists and they feel like they cannot enjoy it until it's perfect. But, you know, that's the thing. It may never be perfect. So why not enjoy it now? Yeah, so true. That makes me twitch a little bit, but I think that it really is something that that you should strive Uh for. (laughs) So I was talking to you? (laughs) Well, a little bit. Although your house is pretty perfect. Well, you're very sweet, but I only show you some of it. You don't see what's going on behind me. Isn't that true of taking photos sometimes? You're like, what is happening behind me? The boxes are overflowing, but it looks pretty good right in front. It's not in the picture, though. Yes, just edit that out. Add a bold piece or make a bold move. Don't be afraid. Neutral's great, and we love that as a foundation. And I'm not saying you need to slather your walls with purple paint or something like that. Bold for you, bold within your decorating vernacular or your style. Something that's bold could be a real focal point in the room, whether it's a beautiful antique or whether it's the way that you treat your fireplace 
or it might be the color of the walls, or it might be a wallpaper or something like that. But experiment with something bold. And and maybe if you're a little afraid to get bold and everything, you've, you really went neutral hard and you're looking around, you think, oh my gosh, that would be so scary to paint a wall or to wallpaper. And it's such a big commitment. Try something that's just an interesting accessory. Maybe it's a Maybe it's just even a really big vase that you put big branches in. Like, make it a big moment and see how you like it. That is completely reversible. Yes, and those bold things, these are the things guests will notice when you come in your house. And these are the things that you are going to enjoy. These are the things that are going to make you smile when you walk yes, in the room. Yes, yes. Now, that word is familiar to me. I... I think I've heard that word before, having guests over. <laughs> oh, what's that like? Yes, That yes. will be something, again. Yes, those people that come over to your house that don't actually live they're there. people that come over to your house that don't actually live there. Okay. And they're not with their man. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's coming back to me now. Yeah, yes, yes. When those okay. people come back, you're going to wow them with your bold move. Exactly. You've had a year to work on it. And if you haven't been working on it, get busy. Yeah, you better get the going. guests are coming. They're on their way. Uh, <laughs> Another do is if your rug is too small, replace it with a larger one. Or if you love the rug that you have, why not layer the rug like we talk about and put a larger solid colored rug underneath and do the patterned one on top. Uh, This is just a beautiful way to extend the rug and nothing messes up a room like a rug that's just too small. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bath mat. You definitely don't want the rug the size of a bath mat. A bit of asymmetry. Now, I'm a symmetrical person. I really like two things, things flanking, things that are the same. But a little bit of asymmetry, which is not the opposite of symmetry. It's it's a form of symmetry, actually. And I, and I know that we have an episode that we talk a lot about that in. So if we <laughs> can dig that one up, we'll... Uh, tuck it into the show notes as well. But just a bit of asymmetry really makes a room interesting. Now, for me, I would not necessarily have asymmetry in a place like my mantle or maybe on either side of a floral arrangement on my dining room table. There, I want the symmetry. You know, I want three (laughs) candlesticks on one side and three candlesticks on the other. Or, you know, on the mantle, I want two vases that match or a vignette that matches. But maybe the asymmetry comes in in easier places. Like one of your chairs maybe has a lumbar pillow and the other one has a different type of pillow or one has a throw and the other one doesn't. So just a a little bit of sort of knocking the symmetry off in the room can add a lot of interest. Now you can think of a lot of different ways to do that. I just gave you a very simple example. But if you are new to this and you have everything that's a little, you know, like, like little soldiers that are lined up with each other and your house is very symmetrical, maybe try pulling something away like or if you have two chairs that are matching flanking a sofa maybe you change one of those chairs to a different type of chair or to a chaise or you take that chair away completely so you can play around with it without buying anything new and just see how it feels to you yeah I think that's a great idea and to add some asymmetry but I also like symmetry too so I don't like to do too much asymmetry, but there's definitely a call for it here and there. And if you have a lot of symmetry, you don't want to overdo. So you want to have something to kind of break it up so it doesn't feel too expected. You want to have some unexpected things in the room. So I think that is very helpful to have the asymmetry. Another thing that you can do is use large accessories and just a few of them in place of a lot of little things. You're going to end up with a so much better look. It's going to look cleaner. It's going to look less cluttered. And those larger accessories often add that wow look that you were talking about, Kelly. Whereas little things are not going to wow somebody when they walk in the room. Group your collections together. That is a definite do. I was just helping a friend stage her house for sale, and she had a lot of blue and white. And while it looked beautiful all over her house, we took large pieces of it, like large ginger jars and things like that, and grouped them together on this um, like sort of break front side table in her dining room. And I think it just took the collection to a whole nother level. It was made such 
more of an impact on the room and really popped out. Uh, whereas where it was scattered around, maybe one ginger jar here and a vase over there, you know, you saw it and you were getting the flow of the blue and the white all around the house. But bringing it all together was a big wow moment. So that was kind of like grouping your collection and at the same time getting your bold move in. So it was kind of like two uh, decorating mm -hmm. dues in one shot. Well, and I agree. It's like you said, when you put it all together, it becomes one big wow rather than a lot of little ones. So there's some magic that happens when you put all of those pieces of a collection together. And the caveat would be, you might need to pare down your collection. If you have a massive collection, you might not need to be able to display all of it at one time. You might need to pull a few things back. The next do is to follow trends with inexpensive pieces like accessories and rather than following trends with big ticket items like sofas. So if you want to uh, follow the trends and enjoy something that's trendy, try it with a pillow that you can then get rid of in two years when the trend goes out. Uh, you don't want it to be a sofa and then you're stuck with the sofa that you spent, you know, a couple of thousand dollars on but two years later and you don't like the trend anymore. Yeah, like the curvy, maybe crushed blue velvet sofa that looks mm -hmm. so yummy right now. Maybe mm -hmm. in a few years, that's not going to be where you want to be. I totally agree. That's a very smart and economical do. Another one, sort of like maybe the flip side of that is buy one investment piece per year. Now, sure, if the budget allows, go ahead, buy some more investment pieces. But think about it in terms of your building your decor and it, you're not just talking about you know a vase and a, a candle or something like that the real big important pieces like the sofa like the major pieces of furniture think about it like you're putting your money into something that's going to last a long time and is going to go with you no matter if you move to a different home and if you do that just once a year, think about it. In five years, you're going to have five fantastic pieces that will be with you for many, many years to come. And if you ever wanted to resell them for something, they would, they would hold their value. Mm -hmm. Well, that ties into my next do, which is invest in quality things that, where you don't need constant replacing. And so you talked about buying an investment piece every year. And uh, this is just kind of adding on to that to say that these investment pieces or quality things are going to be things that in the long run, you're going to save money. And, and we talked about it a few uh, episodes ago about with the sheets, that if you buy the, the cheap polyester sheets that pill, you're, not, you're only going to like them for a month or two, and then you're going to want to replace them. Whereas if you'd bought the expensive sheet, they could last years and years and years. I have some linen sheets that I've kept for years and years, and I still love them as much today as when I got them. Yes, for sure. I was trying to think of when we just recently talked about that. Yeah, it was in connection with the linen sheets. Use natural materials, linens, stone, wood, wherever you can. It's better for the environment, most likely. So you might want to check into that, into the specifics of the item. But more than likely, if you use something that's natural, it probably is better for the environment. It might be a little bit more expensive up front, but it's definitely going to last longer. And it is going to have the sense of being authentic. And having authentic things in your home is really, really important and goes a long way to enhancing your style and just making your home feel more luxurious. You know, those natural fibers too, Kelly, they last better. They're just going to hold up to more wear and tear. And I just think that they hold up better over time. So nature really does know what it's doing. <laughs> uh, add a French chair for instant elegance. Well, you I had think, to know that tip was well, coming. I yeah. know, of course, the French chair is coming. Well, the thing is, it adds so much elegance. There's so much beauty in French design. French chairs are so easy to come by at antique stores these days. And as we keep saying, antiques are at an all-time low price-wise. So now is the time to go get a French chair. Mix styles and errors. Don't get trapped in some sort of time warp. Even if it's right now, 2021, don't get stuck here. Don't get stuck in the mid-century. Please don't get stuck in the Victorian era. I didn't. I'll help you. <laughs> it's wonderful to add 
older pieces, of course, you know we're going to suggest that. But mix your styles and mix your errors and your house is going to be so much more interesting and it's going to... I, there's a show I just heard about. Uh, it's called Frozen in Time, I think. It's on HGTV. Oh, yes. I've heard of that. And Maureen McCormick, Marsha, 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 is uh, one of the hosts. And they go into houses that are actually frozen in time. And I think they concentrate on maybe the 50s, 60s, and 70s. But you know what that look is. You don't want that to be your know house. it. I inherited one of those. <laughs> So yeah, definitely mix it up. That is very now and it will be very tomorrow. And um, so don't live in yesterday, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, but that's one of the secrets. How do you have vintage things in your home without it looking kind of frumpy and dated? You mix in modern elements. Another thing to keep in mind when you've got your accessories, especially if they're not large accessories, is to use a tray to corral them. And it kind of does the same thing that you talked about, Kelly, about putting all that blue and white together and it became one thing rather than a lot of little things. The same thing happens when you put things on a tray. It becomes one item rather than several little things. So it, it just kind of has, it visually adds them all together so that they become one. And it, it's a beautiful look for your room. Yeah, I have done, you know, vignettes and up the wazoo for, for all the years, right? Like so yes. many vignettes. And, but every time I do one that doesn't have some sort of base to it, whether it be a tray or even if you do, if, you know, put something up on some books or something, it just elevates the whole, literally and figuratively the whole collection. And when I'm saying collection, if you're doing a vignette, like your three pieces, it makes it look so much better rather than sort of just like out there in the breeze. So I highly recommend using trays. Get a bunch and just have them in some closet somewhere and pull them out as you need them. They can be all sorts of looks. You could go vintage, you could go modern, and that also will really change the look of uh, the vignette. Like if you do it on some sort of lacquered tray, it's going to look a whole lot different than if you did it on an antique silver tray. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I have all kinds of trays. And some are more modern, some are more antique looking, and it's just fun to pull out a different look for a room, depending on your mood. Maximize your natural light. Now, that might seem like a big duh, but it's really important. And a lot of people aren't doing it because you have curtains or draperies on there and you just don't regularly open them or you have too much fabric going on or it's just too much coverage or the maybe the shades are not the down-up up-down kind, which are terrific. And so you have to have them pulled pretty far up for, or pretty far down to get any privacy. So think about your window treatments. If you have an occasion where you'll be swapping them out, you maybe want to think about, you know, completely changing the look. I love the down, up, up, down, where it comes up from the bottom as well. So if you have a room that you need some privacy on that you know, might be bordering on a street or the front of your house, it's a great way to let the light in on the top, but have the privacy on the bottom. And oftentimes we say, hey, maybe you don't even need any window treatment. So mm-hmm. if you're not in need of privacy and it's a room that you know gets a really nice amount of natural light, but you're not blinded by the sun and you're trying to do work or something like that, it might be a room where you could just completely take the window treatments off. So rethink those, look around your house, see what you have going on. And just because it's been hanging there for 10 years doesn't mean it needs to hang there any longer. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of those things too, we were talking about with the picture. It doesn't even occur to you that it's there because you're so used to seeing it. Your brain just turns off uh, the thought of seeing it. So uh, yeah. Now, another thing that you can do for your room is to add black, a bit of black to every room. My mother is a painter, and she always said, each painting, if you want a balanced painting, you need to have darks and lights. And so it's kind of a standard thought for decorators or designers to put a little bit of black in every room or put something very dark in every room. It's going to help ground the room. I so agree with that. And I didn't always do that, but once I started doing it... It really makes a big difference. And you might say, oh, well, black's not part of my palette. Or You can always work in something that's black. 
because it, there are so many things that come in black. And I really don't mean just your TV when it's not on. But oh, maybe, oh, we're not, you know, no, that doesn't count at all. That doesn't count, right? So maybe, you know, a black a pleather or leather poof or ottoman or something, something, it can be something small. It could be a frame, it, but get it in there and let us know, because I think that you're going to find that it really makes a difference in the room. Yeah. If you can't come up with something, just buy some old black books, black bound bo- books would be great. But that's right. hard to say. That is hard to say. Or spray painting something that you have that, you know, really doesn't need to be mm-hmm. whatever color it is and make it black. Add a mirror to every room. Oh, I think that makes such a tremendous difference. And especially in rooms that are naturally light challenged, a mirror will make a big difference. Hang the mirror in sort of unusual places. Sometimes it's something that's unexpected, maybe um, you know, even above a doorway or somehow just work it into the room. It doesn't have to be a major focal point. It doesn't have to be the mirror above the mantle. Think about little places that you can tuck in a mirror and it's doesn't have to be a large mirror either and it could be one with antique glass so it doesn't necessarily look like a vanity mirror there are so many beautiful mirrors out there and so many different price points so I suggest that you have put one in every single room and if you have a room that's a little bit darker and doesn't get the natural light like a north facing room or something maybe try to put the mirror opposite whatever window you have in there so it's reflecting what's going on outside and bouncing the light around So I'm ready to move on to don'ts. Do you have any more do's before we move on? I have one more. Three sources of light in every room. Crucial. You really want to have three different sources of light. So that would be something overhead. If it's just uh, can lights or um, overhead lights, make sure they're on dimmers. Maybe you have a chandelier or maybe you have a flush mount or something like that. If you have something overhead and then table lamps, some task lighting, maybe just a little night light tucked into a bookcase or something like that. Or as we say in the kitchen counter, tuck in a lamp someplace. So try to get three sources of light in each room. I mean, you could walk through your rooms right now and have a look and see if you have that. And if you don't, super easy to try it out. Grab a lamp from another room and just bring it in and see if it makes any difference. I bet that you will find that you really... uh, I mean, warm up to the room even a little bit more. And then the room just feels better to you if you've got some softer additional lighting bouncing around in the room. That's right. And if you don't have any tables where you can put lamps, you can do a floor lamp or do a wall sconce. And you can do the ones with the cords or the ones where you have an electrician come and it's built into the wall. Before we go into the don'ts, I want to let you know about the sponsors of today's episode. As I mentioned, Acorn TV is sponsoring the show today. We really, truly love Acorn TV. It's a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television. It has such a wonderful catalog of award-winning series of all different types, mysteries, dramas, comedies, and more. Monty Don, there's gardening shows. There's so many things for all of us to enjoy. And it has exclusive premieres and original shows you won't see anywhere else. We love so many of the shows, so we're going to be sharing the shows that we love with you. Now, one that I have watched for quite some time is Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. It is such fun. Anita, if you haven't watched this one, I bet you would absolutely love it. Oh, I watch it. I love it. It's so fun. It's light. It's campy. Uh, It is starring Essie Davis as Phryne Fisher, and they call her Miss Fisher, and her outfits are amazing. She is this very modern woman and operating in this very male-dominated world of 1920s Melbourne, Australia, and it follows her glamorous self all through all these sort of, you know, I would say criminal, in air quotes, hijinks, and she is so much fun, and there's always a little romance tossed in, but it's very lighthearted. I think everyone will really enjoy enjoy it. My daughters love to watch it with me as well. And we we drool over her outfits, first of all. They're absolutely <laughs> fabulous. And it's just such fun and easy TV. So definitely check out Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries on Acorn TV. Now, Acorn is so reasonably priced. I know we have other streaming services that are all expensive. It's only five ninety nine a month. But we have a really great deal for all of you. 
If you haven't tried it yet, you can still try Acorn TV for free. That's right, for free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use our promo code DTT. And that's acorn, A-C-O-R-N dot TV and use the code DTT to get your first 30 days for free. You're going to be totally hooked. And then it's only $5.99 a month. She's Birdie is going to protect you whether you're taking a walk around the block, running errands, or venturing out on your own. You'll always feel safe with Birdie in hand. Birdie is a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and really simple to use. When you activate your Birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attacker. And unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is of no danger to you. You can really feel confident to use it without any worry, and you can feel confident to give it to your daughters or your mom or your sisters or your neighbor or your best friend. You can keep doing what you love with this added peace of mind. Birdie is a wonderful tool for safety that you should have on your person or in your purse at all times. Birdie goes wherever you do, and it comes in multiple colors and has this really lovely brass keychain so you can attach it to your keys or your bag. There are over 300,000 Birdie alarms out there already, and they have thousands of five-star reviews. So join the flock as we have for a safer tomorrow. Right now, She's Birdie is offering DTT listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash DTT. That's she's Birdie, S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E.com slash DTT for 15% off your first purchase. And the link will also be in the show notes. But really, take advantage of this. She's Birdie is a wonderful tool to protect you and for your safety. Hopefully, you'll never have to use it. But we would love to know that you have it tucked in your pocket, or your purse. Head over to the show notes and click on through and get yourself one. BetterHelp has been with us through this whole crazy year. And BetterHelp is still here providing convenient, affordable, and professional online counseling. If you are having any issues, anything interfering with your happiness, you just need someone to talk to about any anxiety or grief or any other issues you might be struggling with, take advantage of this offer and head to betterhelp.com DTT. You'll receive 10% off your first month by using the code DTT at betterhelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash DTT for 10% off your first month. Take advantage of this affordable way to help yourself take charge of your mental health. Millions of people are already using BetterHelp. So check it out today. Hate to be such a downer and negative, but there are (laughs) don'ts. Okay, so my first don't is don't place all of your tall furniture or big pieces just in one corner or one side of your room. So you want balance in the room. So you want your heights varying uh, so that there's, again, if you have two tall pieces, make sure they're kind of spaced out in your room. Uh, And uh, if you have large pieces of furniture and small, you want those mixed out, mixed in the room as well, because you don't want it to feel like if it were a ship, it would be tilting to one side. Exactly. The the word Titanic was running through my brain while Mm -hmm. you were saying that, like, woo! We're lilting to the side with all the heavy furniture. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that. And sort of on a similar note, don't have all matching sets of furniture. Mm. No, no, no. Matchy matchy's gone, gone, gone. We don't want that anymore. So if you have some things that match, well, you know, that's okay. Maybe you move them to another room or you break it up with something else. You know, add in something completely different, like a painted piece or maybe something that's made of rattan or wicker. Just break it up. Just don't have all the same types of furniture that all look like they match in one room, like a bedroom set or something like that. Right. You want that collected look where it doesn't look like you went out and bought everything the same day. See, there's no way to make that a do. You can't say do have a matching set. (laughs) Do mix things up. Do mix things up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So on to my next don't. My next don't is don't have a cool gray on the wall. This is something that we see a lot and people say, my, I wanted a gray, but my room feels too cold. 
And that's what happened is the person chose a blue gray or a cool gray. So if you want to have gray on your walls, but you want it to feel warm and inviting, you want to go more with a grige, more with a gray brown, or let me say it a different way, a warm gray. So like, for example, the one that I is my favorite is Agreeable Gray uh, from Sherwin-Williams. But there are others out there as well. Oh, yeah. I think that this tip or this don't comes way back in your history when your dad came home with that. <laughs> what did you call it? You know, fill-in station gray? Serv- like service station gray. Service yeah. station gray. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in our house uh, was painted with that service station gray because he <laughs> had an extra half gallon, gallon of paint. <laughs> you need it painted? Here's the paint. You- Might as well use it. Don't be too cute and too precious. It's not a good look. It's not sophisticated. You can have maybe something, maybe for a holiday, but I would stare away from too cute, too sweet, a little more sophisticated. Now, what are you talking about? Now, be a little more well, it's kind of like the, when the Supreme Court judge way back when said about pornography, you know it when you see it. <laughs> well, it's kind of that way for me. Like, I know it when I see it. You know, like, mm, okay, one, the extreme end is like a collection of precious moments. Ah, I can't believe oh, I just okay. even said that. Oh, there okay. you go. Well, you've just okay, that's like, question. whoa. Okay, don't even go there. But you know kind of when something's like too cutesy. Are you talking about like now Hummels or is that? Well, kind of, you know, <laughs> okay. but but I'm talking more things that, you know, you see in the aisle at TJ Maxx or Home Goods. You're like, that's so cute. You know, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if you feel like it's too cute, maybe don't get it for your house. I wanted all everyone's house to have this sense of luxury and sophistication. Mm-hmm. And not that it has to be all high-end and highbrow and all very serious. But I think, and you, know, you know how I feel about the word signs and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm with so you. So that's kind of what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And, you know, don't get mad at me if you have those things. Because I still love you. Mm-hmm. I just think that maybe you could do without. Mm-hmm. There you go. Don't hang your curtains too low. So even though your window may be down a foot from the crown molding, put that curtain up as high as you can under the crown molding. It's okay if there's a gap between the rod and the window. It's going to look so much better, and it's going to make the window feel like it's taller and bigger. And don't keep your furniture against the wall, like mm. it's in a bank heist or something, and it's being held <laughs> hostage. Let your furniture come off the wall. Let it mingle with the other furniture. Uh, sure, some things, you know, if you have a smaller room, you're going to want to have close, but you don't even have to have something smack against the wall. You can have it sort of close. I just got, and I should use this as a crush, but I'll tell you guys now, I got the most darling slim eight inch wide console table like sofa console table with a mirrored top and gold legs from Target. Mm, I think it was just over a hundred dollars with the shipping it's fantastic I put it behind my sofa in the living room and if if anyone's been listening to us for a while or know me from my blog or my YouTube, you know I have a very long, narrow, challenging living room to decorate. But I wanted to pull that sofa off the wall a little bit. Uh, so it, it does that. It also, because it's mirrored, it's bouncing some light from the window. And mm-hmm. it's a great place to put a teacup or a wine glass when you're sitting there. Great idea. Thank Can't wait you. to see a picture of it. Well, I'll have to show you. So don't add too much stuff to a room and it's so tempting to do and I think when someone's got a room and something's not right the knee-jerk reaction is add more add more add more until it's right well if something's off it's probably not that it's missing something but something else so you really need to analyze it figure out why the room is off before you just add a piece of furniture because a lot of times that's not the problem and Those empty spaces help the room visually breathe. So you need those empty spaces. So it's best not to overcrowd the room. Don't forget the ceiling. Look up. Think about it. You might want a treatment on there, like maybe some beadboard or some beams, or you might want to just paint it a different color. 
or you might want to put wallpaper on it. It doesn't have to happen, and it certainly probably shouldn't happen in every single room. That might be a little much, but maybe that's just the pop. Maybe, again, that's marrying a do and a don't. That's being bold and not forgetting the ceiling all in one fell swoop. Because you can really make a statement up there. And I think it's the fifth wall that's often forgotten. Yes, good point. Be sure, or I actually, no, let me step back. Start over. Don't use small artwork on a large wall. If you've got a large wall, you want large artwork. If you have a small wall, you can use small artwork, but it needs to be sized appropriately. Or it's kind of like what we talked about with the rug. The rug, it's going to look cheap if your rug is too small for the space. And it's going to look cheap and skimpy if your artwork is too small for the wall. Don't use boob lights. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Nobody has to elaborate on that one. If you don't know what a boob light is, look up. (laughs) See if you have one. It kind of looks like uh, what it's called. Uh, Body Bart. Don't use vertical blinds. And I'm not going to comment more on that. (laughs) Stop. <laughs> and don't have boob lights and a vertical blind in the same room. That's too much. Okay. Don't have rooms you don't use. Don't, don't. Is that a double negative? No. Don't have rooms that you don't use. I don't think that's a double negative. No, it's not. No, you got it. I think because that Because it's bad mojo. It's bad karma. It's not great for your house to have rooms that nobody's in. If it's a guest room and you have guests often... Well, it's being used. But if you have a guest room and maybe somebody comes once a year or so, maybe tuck a little desk in there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you're a napper, God bless the nappers, I am not a napper. If there is a place to have a nap, maybe you snuggle in there. Or, you know, maybe you have a window seat and you could go read a book in there or something. Use the rooms. Use all the rooms in your house. Yes, of course. I love that idea. Don't let all of the cords show in an unattractive way. So if you have a table that has some legs, use some duct tape or some other things that you can buy on Amazon to hide those cords behind the legs or trail them on along, along the top of the table and then down a leg. There are ways to disguise all these cords, so there's really no excuse for having them all in a cluttered mess. Yeah. I mean, do you, ever, you look at blogs, you look at magazines, you're like, how is that light on? It's magical. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it's Photoshop. Yeah. Oh, it could be Photoshop. That's a real trick, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to do that. So I have to use duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, it saves you a lot of time Photoshopping if you just I do it bet. that way. I bet. I bet. Don't let the aesthetics of the design overpower the function and use of the room. If you've been listening to me here for a while, you know that I think that function really should drive the design. At least initially, that's where I like to start when designing a room. So don't let it just be so perfect or you know it has to be just so to adhere to the design that you're striving for and therefore you know in doing that the room doesn't function well or it's not inviting or, and, and nobody can get in there maybe you know there's maybe there is too much furniture like Anita's saying don't have too much furniture you know maybe it's just too, too stiff maybe there's just something going on where the room isn't functioning as it should so Really think about function first and don't let that go by the wayside to get a certain look. Mm-hmm. Don't paint a wall without testing the paint color in a smaller area. You could do the uh, paints. What are those paint things that you buy? Sampleize. Sampleize. You can mm-hmm. buy sampleize, which will give basically a little piece of repositionable wallpaper that's a color of that paint that you can try, or you can buy a board and paint the board. but. I highly recommend that you do this. It's a little extra work, but these mistakes can be a real disaster if you buy the paint without testing it first. Don't think of your decor as finished. It's always evolving. You don't want to, uh, my room is finished. And then 10 years later, it looks exactly like it did the day I declared I was finished. And that's that. Sometimes that happens to people. I've had friends say, oh, wow, I put stuff in that bookcase 10 years ago and I never moved it again. 
don't let that happen to you. It's fun. If you're listening to this podcast, you love decorating and you love creating a beautiful home. So chances are you're moving stuff around a lot. But if there's something in your space that really needs some freshening, have a look. But just as far as what is, you know, the thought process in your mind, like people are always asking me specifically when we were really working hard on the house and the construction was going on, they were like, are you done? Are you finished? Is it finished? Well, no, I'm never going to be finished. I, I, you know, I'm working on like the second round already. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully the workmen are out of the way. That's the yeah. Main thing. I mean, yes, you know, someday you're hopefully you know, but you don't want to be constantly tearing walls down and you know tiling. And that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just don't think about it. Like okay, boom, I put that vignette together and I'm done. Well, I wanted to talk about this for a second because I think it is definitely a mindset because when I first started decorating I thought you decorate you move things around till you find the perfect setup then you leave it until you move on to some new design but what I didn't realize is it really is good to be constantly moving it because you might find something you like better but also you're going to get bored with it that way I mean and that's there's so much to love about moving things around. You're not going to get bored. You may find something that you really love that you hadn't even tried before. And you're going to be learning. Every time you move things around, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work. And so it's just a wonderful school that you can have of interior design in your own house. Yeah, so I agreed. And think about it like, you know, your person, yourself, or your wardrobe. You didn't graduate from college or finish whatever training you may have done and said, okay, I'm done as a person. I'm completely done. I will never revisit anything. And just this is how I am. No. And your wardrobe, you know, what you were wearing 10 years ago, you're probably not wearing today. So your home should evolve. You should have that same mindset. Like I think I'm a lifelong learner, right? So every day Mm -hmm. you're hoping to learn something new or try something new. Well, you, you know, try those same things with your house okay don't buy side tables that are scaled too small for the chair or for the sofa that they're next to so be sure that they are properly sized because sometimes i see a really chunky chair and there's a skinny little glass table next to it and they just are not working they're not they don't look like they go together so definitely think about sizing when you're buying a side table to go to a go with a chair or a sofa Don't buy anything deliberately distressed. Embrace the wear and tear for sure and the patina of age. But I think those days are long gone. We got really excited about sort of man-made instant distressing, whether it be in kitchen cabinets. There was a real move towards that for a while. Uh, Or just even individual pieces of furniture or even little accessories. You know, maybe just go find an antique that got beat around a little bit if you really like that look, which I do love that look. It feels a little too contrived when it's purposefully distressed. Well, I'd like to add a caveat that if you do it well, I think it's fine. But a lot of times, uh, if it's just kind of slapped together and it's just been scratched with some steel wool and then you slap some wax on, I, I don't think that's it's going to look like you did it on purpose. But, you know, when you use a lot of those products like Amy Howard has, I think you can do it and it it can really look like a real antique. So I think it just depends on, you know, how much you put into it. We hope you enjoyed the do's and the don'ts. Again, take it for what it's worth. If you really want to do a do and don't want to do a don't or whatever or the vice versa, you know, we love whatever you do. <laughs> so enjoy. Enjoy your home. That's really the whole premise of this entire show. That's right. Just kind of giving you some tips. Again, it's just, it's just fun and kind of learning. And it may be that sometimes we say something you don't agree with. That's fine. Just skip that part and go on to the part that, that you do agree with. But really don't have a boob light. Okay, what's the oh, hot topic? <laughs> the hot topic is a House Beautiful article. And it's called This Gorgeous $899,000 Condo Listed on Zillow Has a Bathroom without walls. Did you see the pictures? Well, yes. Of course I had to look at the pictures when you sent that to me. Oh, my goodness. I was just so glad the picture didn't include a person in there. Well, I'm just going to say this. A bathroom without walls, not going to touch it with a 10-foot toilet brush. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's just dumb. I mean, it's, it's just dumb. one stomach problem away from divorce. I mean, it's dumb. Come on. It's really dumb. Yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. I just, no. No, no, no. And apparently they aren't alone. There are other places like that from what the article said, right? Uh, well, I guess. I, I just, I'm still just, I'm just stunned that, that, that anyone would do that. So yeah. I just can't imagine other places do that. But I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. No, don't that's... do that. That's one of our don'ts. Don't have a bathroom with no walls. <laughs> yeah. What's your crush? Oh, well, this is a new company that I have not had any experience with before. Have you heard of Zazzle? I feel like I have. Okay, because I feel like I'm the last person to hear about them. So I have my recipes that I keep uh, in a digital format, and then I print them out. These are any recipe that I've tried that I really like. Mm -hmm. I have collected, and it's basically my own personal cookbook. Mm -hmm. So I have a binder that I keep all of these recipes in because I have a hard copy all the time. But the nice thing, too, is because they're in Dropbox, I can pull them up on my phone no matter where I go if I'm traveling. But I put so much work into this cookbook. It represents lots of love, and it represents all these recipes that I've made and all this research I've done. I feel like it deserves a nice binder. And I had a pretty decent-looking binder, but I wanted a custom-made binder that said Joyce Family Recipes that had a beautiful binder. And so I found Zazzle will let you completely customize your binder cover, and they're really nice. I'm very happy with it. And they use the D-rings, which is nice for your paper. And uh, it was a very wonderful experience, and I, I highly recommend them. And I will link to the particular design that I ordered. Okay, so they make a binder, and then you printed out your pages and put them inside. Right, but what they do, they're kind of a personalized company. You can order binders, you can order business cards, you can order luggage tags, and okay. they will custom do it with your your image and then your text. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds So, good. yeah, the binder is just the binder. You would put whatever you want inside it. And then, like, note, you know, like a, a, a journal, if you wanted to give someone a journal that's customized, personalized with their name on it, I think that would be such a great idea. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. What's yours? It's a book. It's a book, actually, that I listened to, but I think that if you were reading it, it would be just as delightful. It's called The Last Garden in England, and it's a tale of five women living across three different times whose lives are all connected by one garden. And I really enjoyed it. If you listen to books, whether on Audible or something else... I really loved the narration. There were, I believe there were five different people. They definitely sounded like at least five different women uh, reading the book. It is, it spans, I think, from 1907-ish in, up until 2021, like into July, so into the future even. I thought it was fantastic. And I think everybody who listens to DTT might really enjoy it. So The Last Garden in England. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'm going to have to try that. So our question today is from Lydia M. And Lydia is wondering what to do. She's got textured walls. I don't know whether or not she just moved into this house or whether the walls are just starting to talk to her. And she's curious about our thoughts as to whether or not she should keep the textured walls or uh, have them changed. And if so, how do you change them? Some textures walls, I think, might be a lovely design element and they would be worth keeping. Uh, but some are were ill-advised to begin with. And probably never really looked that great. And those you probably would want to take down. Uh, but I would check with an expert on that because sometimes, depending on how old your house is, if it's old enough to have textured walls, it may have been built around the time they were using asbestos, which I believe was before 1978. So you do not want to be removing that by yourself without equipment if it was made with asbestos. So I definitely would check into that. And if it was, you don't want to do that yourself without using the proper remediation. But uh, so again, how you would remove that would depend on what material was used. So I hope that helps. What about you, Kelly? What do you have to say for Lydia? When I read Lydia's question, her email was more of a textured, kind of like a, 
a plaster that isn't smooth. I wasn't thinking something that might be sort of asbestosy. I was thinking more of oh, like okay. a plaster that had sort oh, of oh, that's good. That's good know, news. Trowel marks. This is how I oh. pictured it. So something that there are a lot of uh, Mediterranean Spanish type homes that mm-hmm. have that wall treatment. I think also some homes that were built in the 30s that are sort of Tudor style also oh, okay. have that look. And I think it can be quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, dip, sure. You know, especially if you've got some exposed beams and things like that. It can really work with it. Mm-hmm. It can be, obviously, you can't put wallpaper over or something mm-hmm. like that. So if it's in all the rooms, you may want to just maybe keep it in a family room or a living room or something like that. It does add, you know, this sort of texture in a sense to the room, sort of built-in texture. And if you didn't want to keep it, and um, I think that you can keep it in some rooms and and get rid of it in other rooms. So if you did want to get rid of it in one or more of the rooms, Lydia or anybody else who's listening, I think that you can just have it skim coated. Uh, And a lot of painters can just handle that. Mm -hmm. Or you could get somebody in who does drywall type work and they would Mm -hmm. know how to sort of just smooth out the plaster. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have a lot of that here. Yeah, so you can do that. Um, The issue with plaster, and we had that in our house, even though we didn't have any textured plaster, it's lathe and plaster because the house is so old. And sometimes the plaster cracks. So if you have cracking, if they're going over it with a skim coat, it may crack again over time, the cracks may reappear. So if you're trying to do this, say, in a bedroom or a room that's it's easier. There's not a lot of um, nooks or crannies or beams or things to go around. So say it's a simple room that's more of a square or rectangle. They could go over it with a thin sheetrock board, like a half, like quarter inch or half inch board, and then just do what you need to do to you know put up the sheetrock and then. Um, patch in the holes and stuff like that nails would make and then just treat it as a regular room and therefore you're not going to get any cracks showing through i think that's a great solution is to go ahead and just transfer it to or convert it to sheetrock we did that in the entryway here because it had a lot of cracks and they could have repaired it but then you know the house shifts a little bit or we have a little tiny earthquake or something and then the crack comes back so we did do that in the entryway and then I did the um planking on the ceiling so it's all covered and so we're not going to have issues with cracking I hope that helped Lydia and anybody else who has the texturing on their walls it can really be lovely so it may be something that you know you want to if especially if it's a new home maybe you want to live with it for a little while and decide whether you like it or not yes thanks for writing to us Lydia And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.